0: Welcome to Built in the Bluegrass, a podcast dedicated to cool stuff made in Kentucky. We want to share with you how
1: it was made, why it was made, and the story behind it. And now, here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Griffin Meredith signing on for another episode of Built in the Bluegrass. And we have another northern Kentucky business coming to us today, Tente Casters. We've got Ben Mulling, which is their... I believe it's North American CEO. They are a foreign-owned company. He's going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, So, Ben, thanks for being with us today. And we're really looking forward to hearing what you've got to say about manufacturing in Kentucky. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Cool. So, uh, if you would, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, uh, one of the things that we like to try to do is make it interesting and tell us why your business is interesting. So, maybe start with a little bit, you know, about maybe ownership, Leadership, you know where you've been, where you are, um, and you know how it's unique and why you think it, you know, is a is an asset to your community.
0: Yeah, from a from a culture standpoint, which is where I think uh, most companies should start with. You know, we're we're a family owned company, um, been a family owned company for its entire existence. We actually have our hundredth year anniversary here this year in 2023. Uh, German owned, um, but we take that culture and that family mentality in everything we do. It's cool. We're located in about twenty-two different countries around the world. Um, so we have uh, most of the uh, most of the locations we have, though, are smaller. So you know, we have that really closeness to customer strategy. So we try to be in all the markets that we play in, have a footprint on the ground, and um, you know, because of our customer base, that really gives us a strategic strategic advantage. Uh, but we take that in our culture internally as well. You know, the, how, how we work with our employees, very family oriented, very flexible. And that's how we work with our customers. So, you know, if you look at our product we make, we make casters and wheels. And it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound like it's the the, the coolest product in the world until you realize how much of your, your daily life interacts with casters, wheels, and just mobility in, in general. We have a slogan, we say, better mobility, better life. And if you just think if, All the things you do during the day that you interact with a wheel or a caster, if you didn't have that wheel or a caster, how much more difficult your life would be. And you can think just from going into a grocery store, things that you see in a hospital, things that you see at a retail location. You know, it's just—I mean, look at my chairs in my office. I mean, I got three chairs right now in my office, and they all have five casters on them. You know, I'm rolling
1: around on one right now. So yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So you know, we we get into all these markets. We touch into all these markets. It's it's a global market. It's a growing market um, because mobility is is so big. So it it doesn't sound cool, um, but when you and when I first started working here, you thought it's just a wheel. It rolls. But when you think about all the things that are impacted, like. What is the weight capacity or the load capacity? What kind of surface is this thing running on? How many life cycles do you want this caster to roll? You know, does it need a brake? Does it not need a brake? How does the brake function? Is it electronic? Is it manual? Is it a pedal brake? You know, there's just so many aspects where it sounds simple, but it's it's pretty technical.
1: So if I'm, you know, whenever you hear the term caster, that may not be familiar with that. I just think a wheel, you know, it's something that's rolling you around yeah. that is on the ground that makes something more mobile. And, you know, big part of built in the bluegrass and a big part of cam, um, that, you know, we talk about is that how many things do you look at every day that you, maybe we don't want to pick on people and say, take for granted, but you know, you're basically taking for granted of all these things that exist. People forget that it had to be manufactured from something to, yeah. you, know, you know, a raw material to what it is today. So talk a little bit about your process. Like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, you're a uh-huh, cliche joke here. You're reinventing the wheel, huh? But, you know, what is the, you know, what is your manufacturing process? Is it like, hey, we got prototypes, we do this, we make that, it's custom build this, we every, our project is this, our main clients do these six things. You know, what do you all look like on the inside?
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, part of the thing that's cool about the Tente group is we actually manufacture um, in about eight different locations around the world and strategic locations. And we all kind of have a competitive uh, strategy that we, that we do for our own market. So we buy a lot in our company, we make a lot in our company and that allows us to control our supply chain. So I might not do metal stamping in my location, but a location in my tente day location in Germany does. So I do injection molding here in the U.S. We also do CNC turning, we do assembly, um, we do some welding. So we have all these functions but I can also say, well, I need a stamped part. And so I can buy that from Tente in Germany, or they might need a molded part so they can buy that from Tente here. So our standard part for a majority of our, of our parts are synthetic casters. Um, We, we do have some metal casters, but I think the world is going away from metal components um, and things made of metal just for, just from a a durability standpoint, a sustainability standpoint, um, you know, production process costs, all things involved. So, we, If you're looking at our manufacturing process for a synthetic caster, we will injection mold the, the wheel here. When I say a caster, you typically have a wheel and then you have a housing that that caster goes into. And then that whole device makes the caster and that gets mounted to whatever device it's it's going onto. So we'll mold the wheel here. We'll mold the component here, maybe the housing or the fork. We also turn, uh, turn stems here. So that's the mounting device. So Is it a plate mount where it gets screwed into something from underneath? Is it a stem mount where, you know, like an office chair where it just pops into a hole? Those are all different types of stems. And and trust me, every customer wants a different type of fitting. They they have a device. And the last thing they probably think about is how do I mount the caster to my device? Um, So, you know, we do a lot of different fittings, a lot of different stems. So we mold, we assemble, we turn here, we do some welding here, and then it comes out with our caster for our customers in the end. Majority of our customers are in the here in, in North America are in the healthcare industry. Um, and in the healthcare market segment, which is a growing segment, continues to be a growing segment. I tell people one out of every five dollars in our country's GDP is spent on healthcare. So that's a good market for us to be in, and that's we've grown with the market. Um, so if you were looking for a tent day, you could walk into a hospital and there's a good chance that probably at least two or three out of every wheels you see in the hospital. Is a ten caster.
1: Awesome. So you mentioned during that um, a couple times Germany, other locations. You know, so why Kentucky to begin with? Um, why still Kentucky? And you know, and where do you see where your company's going for your manufacturing? Process. Yeah, sure. Um,
0: so when we we started, we're actually creeping up here on our on our fiftieth year here in in the U.S. But we we put it in this location. One, there were a couple of key target customers that we went at, wanted to go after when we started in North America, which was in the late seventies. Um, we were close to those customers here. Two, we, secondly, we wanted to be close to an airport, and they had the Cincinnati Airport. Um, at a time, there was around direct a direct flight from. Cincinnati into Frankfurt, Germany, that made things easy. That's not here anymore, um, but that also made things made things easier. Cincinnati is known for its German population, too. There's a lot of German businesses here. There's a German population here. Um, and so there was already a little bit of an association uh, relationship with the area because of that. Um, if I were to fast forward, I would say most of those 50 years later, most of those still exist to this day. Um, the rationale maybe a little bit differently. It's morphed into some different things, but that's
1: mainly has stuck true. So, you know, where do you see your company going? Do you see it as as Kentucky as good of a position that it was then um, as it is today, or is it just? I mean, you mentioned culture at the beginning. Like, what is it that's made you stay? You've had choices. You can move across the river. Yeah. Uh, you could do. You can move to a different location. You know, you mentioned Canada. You know, like what are some? You know, what makes you stay?
0: Yeah, we love, we love the area, one, because um, from availability of labor, it's it's a good area. I feel like it's growing from a population standpoint because less and less people want to be downtown into a direct city, so they're looking for the suburbs. I like the area we're at as well because it allows us to tap into an Ohio labor force, an Indiana labor force, and a Kentucky labor force. We have employees from all three areas that come in here, so that, that makes it a lot easier. Our personal location here in Hebron is a very easily accessible area. We don't, you don't run into tons of city traffic and things like that. So from that standpoint, it's good. Um, you know, it, it's from a from a labor availability and a labor cost pool. It, it's it's competitive as well. I mean, if I were to take this location and pick it up and move it to Vegas or move it off to the to the West Coast or something. Yeah, there are a strategic advantage from that, being closer to a shipping location or something like that, or access to more of our tech customers, but there's a cost associated with all of that, you know, and, and you, you have to evaluate a lot. So control of labor is also a good thing for us. And Kentucky is just a great place to, to raise a family and do business, you know, we have a very close to customer relationship strategy. We don't have 5,000 customers. We try to keep it to a very close knit group of customers. Um, and, and you can see that in our culture, not just in the company, but in our community around us. You know, it's a very family-based community, um, you know, tight-knit. And that's why we partner with a lot of our not-for-profits in the community. You know, we have an impact of where we're at. You know, you can make an impact in the world one place at a time. You don't have to be in this gigantic city in order to make an impact. And and so we we, we really enjoy where we're at. Now, to say that, there's also areas for growth for us. We've really expanded in Canada And we had nothing there really a decade ago, and and we've invested there um, with the same strategy and culture that we have here. We've invested up there, and and now that's gone from zero of our business to probably 25% of our business now. So there are opportunities
1: elsewhere, yeah. Yeah, so I want to get into healthcare here in just a minute, but first let's take a quick pause and hear from our sponsor.
0: This is Frank Jim Lee with the Kentucky Association of Manufacturers, proud sponsor of Built in the Bluegrass. For over 100 years, CAM has served our state's manufacturing industry through advocacy, workforce development, education, and training, as well as cost-saving benefits for members. Fighting for manufacturers is what CAM does best, representing the industry in both Frankfurt and in Washington, D.C. Whether it's advocacy, offering discounts, or group health insurance, CAM has its members covered. Learn more and become a member by visiting cam.us.com.
1: Welcome back, everybody! And so, uh, talking with Ben Mulling from Tente Casters here, and just wanted to touch a little bit about the healthcare field that you're you're talking about being a part of. Um, you mentioned the you know healthcare as, you know, 20% GDP, it's pretty obvious. Um, Obviously, you got beds that roll around, you got things that, you know, that you're putting on, you know, that's hanging your saline bags from that got to move around with you. You know, how is it that that can be such a big piece of your business? Like, what is it that is, is it that you've got such a large percentage of the market share in that sector? What is it that's making it so that that is such a big part of your world?
0: Yeah, we, we do have a large part of the market share. So we've probably got about a twenty five percent market share of that. And in a world of imports into our economy, to have a twenty five percent market share in something like that is a big deal. Um, so we are known probably of, of the kings of medical. You might not see us too much on a shopping cart, but you'll see us in a hospital. So I've told my kids, like all three of my kids were born on a tented caster on a on a bed that had Tente casters. The baby bassinet that the baby warmer that they laid in had Tente casters on. You know, all of it, the ultrasound machine had Tente casters on it. And so you don't really think about all these devices that have casters in a hospital, but from a medical cart to an IV pole to a baby bassinet to an imaging device, they're, they're just they're everywhere. Um, so we, we have a, and it's growing. You know, mobility isn't getting less. People want more mobility. Um, they want easier access to things. I mean, I have a thing now where there's a device where um, it's basically a, an iPad type device that rolls into a hospital room with a nurse's face on the iPad yeah. and it talks to the client says, what can I do for you? It keeps the nurse at the central station. They can they can check in on more clients quickly. But how does that happen? That that needs casters on it that rolls that device into each of the rooms. Um you know that from the medical industry, it's highly regulated. I mean, everybody knows that. So, with FDA regulation, I would say probably seventy percent of our business goes on a part that is FDA regulated for our customers. And so that
1: was that was going to be one of my questions. So, of the play, the places you're selling to, you're not selling to Saint Elizabeth or Norton Hospital. You know, you're selling to DME companies and manufacturers of certain the uh, you know, things what is that supply chain? Is that supply, like you're having to go, so the FDA is in your shop or they're in uh, their shop and and judging the quality control from what you're bringing in? Like, how does that whole supply chain work? Because as we've seen over the last three years, supply chain matters, regulation matters within the supply chain and how it gets delivered, especially in healthcare. And that's, as a manufacturer, you're not just DME, you're a piece of durable medical equipment. So what does that supply chain look like?
0: Yeah, so we're not FDA regulated, but a lot of our customers are FDA regulated. As such, there's a higher degree of supplier, I'll call it partner relationships that you have to maintain. So, you have to have a a solid quality management system, solid, solid part and lot traceability system, high level of quality, high level of techni- technical expertise and a high level of technical support for the field. So, our our customers typically, when they have a project, you know, I, I tell people our business is very solid, but it's not going to be one of those businesses that grow 50 percent year over year because our customers have a long development cycle. If you're doing an FDA regulated bed, for example, it might take that customer three years to design and develop the bed of which we work with them all throughout those three years. Then it might take them another year to get it FDA approved because they have to submit it. Then once it gets approved, then they work on the transition of their old generation, new generation. So you by the time you actually see fruitful results of a sale, it might take five years from point A to point B. So a lot of times there's there's not a lot of people that wanna stick into a business that long or have the capability to do that um, because they don't, they just don't have the history and performance in that market. People come with us because they know we will walk with them throughout that entire development process. Our engineers work with them all through design and development. And we don't get afraid when GE Healthcare or whoever comes to us, one of these medical giants and comes to us and say, we're working on a device and we're going to do a 2030 launch. We don't get afraid of that saying it's seven years from now. To us, we we know that's that's how we that's how we build our brand that, you know, that's our, that's our bread and butter kind of thing, because they need that support during that process.
1: So talk that's I'm glad you brought that up because that is, I did not see it going that way. So whenever you're talking about the product development from some of these, you know, I've got some friends who are in the military and a few you know, pilot friends that I've grown up with. And they talk about some of the technology pieces that are out there that you just don't even understand how you won't see it for 15 years. Well, you know, what if, you know, being in that field and and having that clientele, I'm sure you can't share with us, you know, Striker's working on this right now, but, you know, how far out do you see that? And is the technology that you see in the development stage, would it just be shocking to the common person, you know, from the medical devices that you're seeing? I mean, you mentioned the nurse on the iPad, but that's, we've seen that, you know, those there things that you're seeing that are like way out there in the, you know, let's call it cool category.
0: Yeah. Yeah, actually there is. I mean, some of our some of our fastest growing customers we have right now are in the surgical uh, robot category. So I'm actually in Boston for the healthcare robotics show next week. And that surgical robotics is really ramping up. I mean, and and you've got all the major players and and we're on the medical devices, the surgical robot devices. We're on those systems for all the market leaders right now. We are on there. That 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 whole market of healthcare is still I would consider in its infancy, but is growing rapidly. And we are on all those market leaders. So while it may, our product might not be the most uh, fascinating product on that device, we do get involved in the development. And in the end, you know, you think you got a surgical robot. and You got a doctor who's doing a, a, a heart valve replacement and he's in Cleveland and the patient is in Las Vegas and he's doing that surgery remotely through that robot think about what that robot and all the side tables they're all sitting on a caster and imagine if that caster decides to shimmy just a little bit as that doctor is going to making that precise that precise cut with that surgical robot that ain't going to be a good thing <laughs> so the reliability of the caster the technical specifications and testing required for that caster for rollability, maneuverability, brake actuation, brake hold force, load capacity is very, very critical to the success of that overall device. Same thing with imaging devices, surgical tables, hospital beds. I mean, we tell all our people, you're making a caster. Yes, it doesn't look like it's super, super sexy product when you're making out that production floor. But imagine that your grandmother is on a hospital bed that has this caster on it then that makes you think about the importance of that caster a little bit different. Or your baby is laying in a baby bassinet bed that has this caster on it. You know, it, it's a little different thought process then.
1: You know, we've we've interviewed screw manufacturers, people who do injection molding, but you're about as fired up for uh, casters as I've seen anybody be fired up for, uh, for anything. So we,
0: have this, so. we have this thing. We call ourselves, so there's, a, there's a book that was written by a German guy. And it's called Hidden Champions of the 21st Century. And it's basically small companies or medium-sized, privately held companies that own a market, that are a market leader in something that you wouldn't think about. And Tente was actually written in that book as a hidden champion for central locking casters for hospital beds. And that's what we made our like our name brand for. So we use this hidden champions, like during COVID, for example, you know, I think it was uh, Mike Pence went to some factory making ventilators up in Wisconsin and he was standing there with the CEO and all oh, this is all the stuff you guys did. It's so great. And I sat there watching it on the news and I was laughing because all of those thousands of ventilators had Tente casters on it. And we never got mentioned. Nobody ever said the thank you or anything. But I sat there and said those thousands of ventilators were not going out unless our wheels got put on it. And we made that very known to all of our employees because they were putting in so much work during that time. I mean, our business just took off because we were the healthcare person and healthcare needs shot up through COVID. And we played such a huge role, I think, in the success of getting those devices out during COVID. And nobody will ever know. Nobody ever knows. They know now, now, <laughs> now the podcast, but we were on those devices.
1: Yeah, you know, like Roddy Dangerfield. You get no respect.
0: Yeah, no respect.
1: Yeah. All right, so you know, just as we start to wrap up here, I do want to uh, have touch on a couple, you know, lighter things. You know, so you know, for like what what's cool, or you know, and or odd, or maybe just something big that you ha- that you think about, you know, that you all are doing. I just saw a trash truck pass by in your back. You know, you know, you have something that has just a crazy amount of weight that you all had to really put some engineering into. You know, give us a, a cool story about, you know, something, you know, along that lines, or maybe you only made four of them, you know, because it was such a big project, or maybe it's been on the International Space Pace Station, or, you know, whatever it may be. You know, you know, blow my socks off with, uh, you know, where your wheels are.
0: Ah, uh, let's see. I mean, I've seen our wheels everywhere. I've seen them from luggage carts to luggage to office chairs to hospitals to medical. I I think one of the cool things that Tente has done globally. So we in the in Canada and also in uh, in Germany, we have a larger industrial presence. And there's a wheel actually in our campus in Germany, which we we, our campus is kind of like our corporate headquarters where we just display our products of the years. And there's a giant, giant wheel in there, Um, and they actually had a wheel just like it in our in our uh, German manufacturing location. And this wheel, I remember seeing it as probably a decade ago, this wheel was probably as tall as me, big giant wheel. And I was said, like, what, what is the purpose of it? They made four of those. And I think they told me it was for a Swiss company, that they were going inside of a mountain. And they would, you know, they're blowing, they're doing a train track or a road or something. And so they blow a hole up inside this mountain. And then you think, okay, somebody's got to go in there and has to actually then like, frame up the inside of the mountain. Well, in the old days, they would put timbers up there. You know, now they don't do that. So now they put some cement. So they had this big, giant machine that would go in there after they blew a tunnel and would then lay like a cement frame around it to stabilize. Our wheels went on this big, giant machine. This wheel, six feet, seven feet tall, would roll in this machine, roll in the tunnel that was putting cement and they would come out. I think they only bought like four or eight of them. But these things were giant. And I I was always fascinated when I heard that story that Germany had done that. I just thought that was really cool.
1: Awesome. So you know anything you want to leave us with today? I mean, listen, we're super pumped. We we love highlighting companies made in Kentucky, especially whenever we ultimately hear from them and see where their reach is. Because your story about Mike Pence and the ventilator thing, that is so typical. Like, you know, you don't you don't think about all the pieces that go in there because you know, to be frank, you know, the somebody who put the screws on it or somebody who put the, you know, the plastic molding around it or somebody who did this, you know, also has a claim to that, you know, there's a lot of yeah, yeah. things that, that take to get into, you know, that take to get into that, you know, final product that we we learn to use every day. So, yeah, is there anything else you'd like for us to know about your business before we, we ultimately sign off?
0: No, we, you know, we, we, we don't need the pads on the back. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about our business. You can tell I get excited by it. My wife always tells me like, I've never seen somebody get so excited about casters or wheels. You know, I, I'm super excited because I know it's not just about like what we do, but I know the impact that our product makes on people's lives. And our, our ownership always tells us. He said, "You know, success isn't just by the number of dollars you make. You know, if you, if we can provide a life for the people that work for us, and we make an impact with our products in the market, you know, that's also the definition of success." And I 100% agree with that. You know, so just seeing what our products get made the people that are making them and the impact that it makes in the market. For me, that's an exciting thing to say. I'll let everybody else raise the, the celebration flag for their companies. I'm okay with that. They can have the credit. But th- they they know we're in the background and they know we're there. So,
1: Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, Ben Mulling today. And the most exciting man in casters has been with us for the last you know 25 minutes. Really appreciate you being on, speaking to us from Hebron, Kentucky today. And I'm Griffin Meredith signing off for Uh, Another episode of Built in the Bluegrass. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Built in the Bluegrass. We hope you're leaving this episode with a better understanding of the cool stuff made in Kentucky. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show.
0: This way you'll get notified as new episodes become available. Until next time.